You had a hundred billion chances and ways to have avoided today, but you decided to spill my blood. You forced me into a corner and gave me only one option. Do you know what it feels like to dig your own grave? Do you know what it feels like to have your throat snatched from year to year? Do you know what it feels like to be torched alive? Do you know what it feels like to be humiliated and be impaled upon on a cross and left to bleed to death for your amusement? You have never felt a single ounce of pain your whole life. Did you want to inject as much misery in our lives as you can, just because you can? You had everything you wanted. Your Mercedes wasn't enough, you brats. Your golden necklaces weren't enough, you snobs. Your trust fund wasn't enough. Your vodka and cognac weren't enough. All your debaucheries weren't enough. Those weren't enough to fulfill your hedonistic needs. stuff with the uh the little sniper guys man yeah. oh yeah man uh oh lee boyd malvo and uh uh john, john muhammad. williams muhammad yeah Depending it was something else john williams was his original name but he's converted to islam and changed it to muhammad that, that was it like they all do yeah or, or something more they all have like a a new name um I just yeah. think like Muhammad seems to be the only name anybody picks when they convert. You know, from my uh, personal. I knew a new. I've known a. I knew. I've known a few uh, Mustafas. Uh, you know, well, I think that's another real common one. Um. But yeah, there doesn't seem to be a, a whole wide range of like names they choose. But then again, it's kind of like uh, it, it's not too much different than having a thousand people named David or. Luke or John. You don't see Solomon too often. That'd be it kind of it kind of be like you have everybody in one area named Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I get it that you know it, it could be the big symbol symbol symbolism thing that I just don't understand because you know I'm not well versed in Islam and I'm not trying to pretend that I am. I just think it's kind of notable that ninety percent of the folks that I know that have converted to Islam chose the name Muhammad over anything else that could possibly be there. And I don't know what else options they have. John but. John didn't just join Islam. He joined like a very radical racist wing of Islam called the Nation of yeah. Islam. Uh, yeah, they're the ones yeah. that uh, that killed uh, Malcolm X. Um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't <laughs> so, Islam enough. Now he he uh, Malcolm X started off with the Nation of Islam, but he uh, he actually went to Mecca and saw that what he had been taught in the Nation of Islam kind of subgenre of Islam wasn't true Islam. So he kind of he, he abandoned it and went on his own path. Which actually, if you look at some of his speeches before and after. And some of the things he says and does, he he changes drastically. Tell. Yeah, you can tell a difference. Um, but this and is you can tell a difference in Mr. Williams apparently when uh, he converted over. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Um, he it, it was like he he somewhere in the mil it's between the military and the nation of Islam, he got all fucked up. Um, he was never like a you know an outstanding. 
individual. He's you know super excitable or whatnot. He was nothing much to really uh, say much on. Um, he changed his name in October two thousand one. Uh, <clears throat> oh, and a little little uh, little tidbit on the Nation of Islam one more time. The Nation of Islam's leader, Louis Farrakhan, has publicly cut off uh, John Muhammad, and you know said his organization had nothing to do with his crimes and all that. They they pretty much disavowed him. Um, I mean, well, you wouldn't you? I mean, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, you know. Well, for one, he was touch he, anything like that. For one, he he his killings weren't you know they. He was kind of racially equal with his killings. He yeah, he, kill, he killed I, as a matter I, I didn't of. I want to bring that up, but yeah, he 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 definitely he, he was too equal. Yeah, white, black, Hispanic, I think, uh, male, female. He yeah, he didn't he, really. He didn't care. It, it was just a matter of convenience um, on who he killed and who he didn't. But he changed his name in October two thousand one. And after his arrest, after all the killings, which, you know, we'll get more into that, like, he claimed that um, he admit there was claims that he admitted he admired and modeled himself after Osama bin Laden and uh, was in approving of the September 11th attacks. Um, he, had, he had this whole concept of opening up, like, a Nation of Islam's version of an Al-Qaeda camp in Canada where, like, homeless kids could be trained to be, like, terrorists. And, I mean, he did train one kid to be a terrorist. Um, yeah, he, he did a real good job of that one. <laughs> yeah, he, he did okay in the military, uh, qualified with the rifle. He earned the expert rifleman's badge. Um, he went to the oh, Gulf War. The thing I could see from his, his military thing was the, one of his uh, commanders was too con a little concerned about his recruitment tactics. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did 16 years in the military, though. Uh, so, I mean, I guess he, they weren't too concerned. Uh, he went to the Gulf War with a company that dismantled Iraqi chemical warfare rockets. Uh, well, supposedly why he got discharged was, you know, they, they just, yeah, his racial tone with the aggressive uh, tactics on trying to get, you know, the African-Americans in his unit converted over to Islam. Well, so that's another uh, weird thing is like for the nation of Islam, like you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of nation of Islam in the military. They're they're kind of opposed to it. Um, they have like their own military. The, the they call them I think they call them the fruits or something like that. The fruits of Islam, but they uh, fruits of Muhammad. I I can't remember exactly, but they have like their own little military thing. They they. And they kind of despise, like, the United States and the government and whatnot. So it's weird that he was even in the military. Um, yeah. it, <laughs> he, he shouldn't have gone according to his supposed beliefs. But his supposed beliefs, like I said, I think he did that a lot just to, you know, for attention, I think. You know, he wanted to be this type of guy. I can't um, speak to what they were thinking on that. And, you know, you know I got nothing against uh in the nation of Islam, except for those extremist groups, you know, of course, everybody's well, the got nation of Islam is an extremist group. Islam in itself, well, that's they are <laughs> the nation yeah, of Islam. Like, is. like I said, the, 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 the extremism, you know, we've all got issues with, and you know, in everything, I mean, Islam, 
Christianity, whatever, the extremes are always questioned. So, yeah, it's nothing against Islam, just the extremes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ain't going on about I want nobody coming up bombing my house just because I happened to mention the word. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't going on about Islam in itself, at least not on this episode. But uh, the nation of Islam is like it's like a hate it's 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 like a hate group. It's it's like the Westboro Baptist Church and the Klan kind of got together and decided that everybody looks better in bow ties. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so he gets married, um, and I couldn't find a lot about that first marriage. Um, like it, it doesn't really. I couldn't find anything really about it. It just like he got married and then. Well, he got divorced, um, and then he got married again. Now, yeah, that was that was kind of how the whole everything I found went through as well. It was just you know his first marriage was a side note. Was, yeah, yeah a, um, mm. his second marriage though he had uh, three kids with his second wife, I believe. Yeah, so that one must have been going pretty decently. Well, um, <laughs> eventually she uh, once they, she divorced him. And then she sought and was granted a restraining order alleging abuse. Now, yeah, he would do after like, he came back from the military, though. So they were kind of. She says that when he came back from the military, he was a changed man. Yeah, and his friends said something went wrong over there. Whether um, it was because he got discharged and he didn't like the idea, you know, some chemical weapons causing some you know neurological dis- disorders. You know, there's a lot of stuff about the Gulf War thing that we all don't know about that may or may not have happened that may or may not have caused some issues with our soldiers and he may or may not be one of those yeah yeah um he would do like creepy shit like she'd be over at her friend's house and he's supposed to be at work and whatnot and they would look out the window and they'd just see him standing out in the driveway watching them through a window like he would do weird creepy like controlling ass shit throughout their marriage so finally when they got divorced she got a restraining order um, he was arrested on federal charges of violating the restraining order with a weapon. Um, like those with under federal law, those with restraining orders are prohibited from purchasing or process or possessing guns. <clears throat> um, he eventually, like, she eventually got con- uh, custody of all three of the children, and he decided basically he was going to take them. Um, he had, like, visitation rights, and, he like, he had come to pick them up or whatever, and, like, as she's sitting there waiting for her kids to come back, and they, he doesn't show up, and he doesn't call, and, like... <laughs> no, he was on a plane, bro. He, he, he yeah, he was off. already on a plane to Antigua, you know, where he... <laughs> um, but uh, he goes to Antigua, and he meets up with... Uh, Lee Boyd Malvo. Malvo's kind of a, he's kind of a sad story of himself. His mom was a piece of shit. Um, she like had him and then she left. And like she would come back to pay the rent or to pack up everything because she didn't pay the rent or to put food in the house and then she would just leave again. Uh, she, he would get left with other families all the time. And only when people would talk about wanting to adopt Malvo would she be like, no, I want my son. And then immediately lose interest in him again. Um, she was kind of a piece of shit. Um, so, uh, right? So John John was banking money in Antigua selling like fake passports, fake documents, and for three thousand dollars, you know, she was able she wanted to come and get 
she wanted to get one. Um, yeah, and this is how they met. Uh, exactly. you know, she wanted to come to the United States so bad that she's freaking willing to leave her son behind and, you know, hey, you take care of him for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the, this kid found a father figure that he never really had in Mr. Uh, Muhammad here. And it seemed uh, like this was a match made to happen. Well, sir, she bought, she got these, these pa the papers and left Antigua for Florida using those false papers. She left her son with Muhammad and, you know, was like, oh, yeah, uh, y'all can come get me later. Well, in the meantime, Malvo gets, you know, converted um, <clears throat> and Muhammad kind of cuts him off from his mother. Yep, and starts to uh, get in with a little bit of a training, you know, raising him in the ways that he decides and has him start playing some interesting video games. And this might be one of those times when you can actually say video games was a big cause because he had him playing these, you know, shoot 'em up video games to uh, to get him used to shooting at targets and to desensitize him uh, for you know, actually putting a bullet into a. Perfect. Yeah, and he also made made him watch the Matrix like over a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this this kid, who like fourteen or fifteen, you know, was coming up with you know, I guess fifteen, was learning more about weapons than any fifteen year old really should know. Yeah, I think look, I and and watching a movie over a hundred times. Look, so a movie that's been one of my favorite, probably been my favorite movie since childhood, is Predator. Right, the original Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and whatnot. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and I started watching that when I was maybe four. And here I am, 32 years later, and I might have watched that movie 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's, I'm, I'm probably adding, adding a dozen or so. But yeah, I might have watched that movie 50 times. Um, I can't imagine watching one movie a hundred times within the period of a year or so. And it was probably yeah. less than that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what the tie for the Matrix is other than, hey, government control. And, you know, this is what the world is. No idea. Maybe you um, wanted him to think that the world was fake and he was living in assimilation and nothing mattered. I've got no idea. <laughs> well, so... Eventually, they find out, uh, his, his ex-wife finds out where her kids are. She gets her kids. And um, Muhammad basically tells her, like, you have made yourself an enemy to me. I swear, I'm out revenge. You know, basically saying, I'm, I'm going to kill you. So, and there's a theory, and I kind of believe it, that all the killings that followed were actually, what his plan was, was to have all these people dying in these sniper attacks and her just be one of them. Therefore, it wouldn't look come directly back on him. So that's, that, and that's what I, I, I really believe that. I really believe his ultimate intent was to kill his wife, and she was just going to be one of a group. Yeah, that, I think that was the plan, the, that they would never suspect the ex-husband if she was just a random death and a mass killing. Yeah, yeah. And and these guys, they, they actually, man, they went all out. Um, they put a they they, they drilled oh, I lost hole. you. They drilled a hole in the uh, trunk of the car. Um, they had a setup where you could like 
they could ride around and park somewhere, and then he could let down the back seat and, uh, you know, like, crawl into the trunk, stick the rifle through the hole, and I guess the hole was big enough for the scope as well. No, they and, had to pop the trunk just a little bit. Well, they see, had I had a slot cut in just above the lock. Okay, right yeah, above that was the, Right above the uh, license plate, they had a little slot for the, the rifle to set in for its, its basically a mount, a brace. And they popped that trunk just a little enough for the, the scope to be able to, to get its line of sight. And, you know, they'd fire off the shot and close the trunk and drive away. Um, yeah, it was actually really efficient. Um, yeah, it was a rolling sniper's nest. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't the worst design I've ever, I've ever you know, heard of. I, was, even, I remember when it happened and they told us about that. I was like, well, that's, that's pretty fucking impressive, to be honest. Um, yeah, most, most killings that we have touched on and will touch on here in this series, uh, you can see that there's little planning in the actual murder in the event that they, they do, other than Mr. Whitman, of course. Um, he yeah, planned that and, fairly and well. the Columbine boys. Yeah, the Columbine boys did a little, yeah, they did a good plan. Um, but uh, most of them, it's you know, a few minutes, if that, in the planning of the murder, and everything else is in the planning of, you know, how do I make sure my attention stays? Um, this is one of the few where most of the planning went into the actual act of committing the crimes, and they planned it fairly damn well. Yeah, they ended up killing uh, 17 total. Um, there were 10 in, during the actual sniper attacks, and then there were seven in kind of some warm-up shootings they did. Um, yeah, and this wasn't all just in the D.C. area. These guys traveled the country, and you know, it, it, yeah, it started uh, out. It started out with a friend of his ex-wife that had actually helped encourage her to get the divorce all the way up in Washington. Way on the other side of the damn country. Yeah. Um, this was uh, the kid's little, uh, his, his trial was sent to go and actually uh, to kill, was it Issa, it, it Issa Nichols? Um, and unfortunately, her niece was home and opened the door, and she's the one that got shot by Malvo. Um, and you know, right there in the door, and he took off yeah, running. That King was and his Nicole first Cook. Yeah. And her aunt was the one they were looking for. It was Issa Nichols, yeah. Yeah, that was the one that was the target, but the niece opened the door, and the niece is the one that got shot. Um, and then he took off, and, well, that was his first killing, and he had proved his worth, and, all right, so let's get on with this. And then they moved all the way down to Arizona. Yep. Yeah, working their way back to the East Coast here to and you know, shot some guy on a freaking golf course. Yeah, in Tucson, yeah. Yeah. They sniped uh, him long range. Yeah, and then um, they got, they made it to Louisiana, shot a dude, you know, close range with the, w that was set up. The guy, Malvo went out and slashed the guy's tire so that the guy would have to stop and work, fix his car before he could go anywhere, come up to him and shot him um, in the neck, and the guy played dead while Malvo took his freaking wallet so they could, you know, fund their their little spree and then he went in and fucking uh the guy lived yeah he was in the dead. hospital an hour <laughs> yeah got sewed up and then you know you know made the report that somebody had shot him and you know nobody knew who it was at the time and the interesting thing is that you know after this kid's been sitting in jail for a little bit he actually sent a letter of apology to this guy you know and you know but yeah we'll get to that here in a little bit 
Yeah. Um, then they tra- they went to Maryland, and this is where it, it really started to kick off. Uh, shot a dude while he was locking up his restaurant. Um, Paul LaRuffa um, took his laptop. This guy survived, but he was shot six times. Um, but they stole his laptop and his money. Um, then they went over to some uh, liquor store in you know Silver Springs, shot him in the back. They supposed to stole some money from you know his guys. Well, they they were trying to fund and make enough money to be able to do this stuff. So they were they yeah, were yeah, doing they, some they random had the stuff. Going. And actually, um, Malvo was like a pretty good shoplifter. Um, he actually kind of made a living on it for a little while. And uh, yeah, they, they, there was a couple places that they found his prints for later and tied it to it that he has actually been going around and yeah, he actually got arrested once and was yeah. uh, charged He's, for being a. An illegal migrant. Um, yeah, he shoplifted a rifle. <laughs> yeah, he's getting into this with I mean, these guys. They they were petty criminals up to this point, but it was all leading to something. They they had a plan, and this was part of it, apparently. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Just it was kind of like the, a, a fundraiser for it. Um, it, it went to Alabama, <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, and then none of these connections were made until afterwards. You know, yeah, and there still may be some out there. Shooting. There should be. There could be others out there that you know never got attributed to it. Yeah, because you know, the evidence just didn't link up. You know, using a different weapon. You know, and they, yeah. they didn't have any kind of an actual you know uh, a, a, a set way they were doing things. So the, the, it was kind of hard to tie all these things together. There, there was no linking you know, information to them all. You know, one guy was shot in the back, one guy was shot from the distance. You know, they were in different States, you know, it, 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 you can't tie all this together yet. Um, but, uh, then, you know, the morning of October 2nd, uh, well, that was the afternoon, the evening of October 2nd, you know, they took a first shot to, to get started on this. And, he shot through a glass window of a Michael's craft store and apparently didn't account for which direction the bullet was going to deflect when it went through the glass. So nobody yeah. got yeah, hit. It, it almost, it almost, uh, hit his cashier. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, like, it, it it like she was the target, but yeah, it deflected and missed and no alarms were raised. They figured it was just a random shot, you know, from somebody miles away that, you know, just missed their target and the bullet just traveled however, wherever. And, you know, they were like, oh, whatever. You know, these things and, happen. <laughs> yeah. And it's been known to, but, you know, but uh, then an hour later, um, in the parking lot of a shopper's, food, shopper's food warehouse over in Wheaton, um, uh, James Martin, you know, was killed. And then they realized, wait a minute, something's going on. You ever been to and, a shopper's food warehouse? <laughs> no, I have not. Me either. <laughs> it sounds like didn't even know what it was. It sounds kind of like a nightmare. <laughs> I'm thinking Costco-ish, but yeah, that's just me. You know, thinking like, from just the name. I'm thinking, no I'm thinking Costco, but with like cobwebs, like Costco <laughs> and roses. You know? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with with the adjacent uh, Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got uh, no idea. But uh, <laughs> the following morning, you know, four people were shot dead in a, a matter of hours, just a couple of hours. And, you know, so somebody knew what the heck was going on there. Um, what was it? Uh, 
James Buchanan uh, was shot while he was mowing the grass. Yeah, uh, at a, a, a taxi cab with pumping gas station, um, and then a babysitter uh, sitting outside of a shopping center. She gotten off a bus and was reading a book, and yeah. she Te- got hit. I'll teach her to fucking read. Right? Fuck education. Should have known yeah. better. Yeah, that's what you get uh, for minding your own business. A woman vacuuming her car, her car at a gas station. I mean, these were not nearby. These were all over town. They were not in the the same block or anything. See, when this was happening, the first one I remember hearing about was the one at the gas station because they had the news vans out there, and there you could see the they had like a a tarp over the body and whatnot. Like, yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, that was the first one I remember happening. And then after that, all hell broke loose, man. Um, yeah, after a couple of days, they actually have fuel stations where they put tarps up over the aprons so that you know you can't see the people filling their cars up from outside yeah. the fuel station. Yeah. That's how bad it was. People were hiding behind their cars just to get gas, and you know refused to. You know, but they were moving around; they wouldn't stay still. I mean, good ideas. You know, make yeah, yourself yeah, I remember, less. Of a target. I remember, I think it was either ABC Eleven or WRL Five here in North Carolina. Was like talking about the possibility of them traveling south into south into North Carolina, which I mean we were only once we we're only a few hours away from their from one of their shoes. They traveled through North Carolina, so I mean it was when they when they went from Georgia. So yeah, it wasn't out of the, but they were fear mongering like hell with it. Like you know, they they were like, oh here's here's how to keep yourself safe at the pump, and uh, yeah. when you're and try to get as close to the door as possible when you're parking at the grocery store, and it's like. <sighs> Yeah, it, yeah that, the, was, that was a lot of fear mongering about this. It was all over the daggone news. I mean, yeah. this event lasted for three and a half weeks, and yeah, and we're still in in kind of like the aftermath of the post nine eleven with the um, you got the the shoe the shoe bomber and you had anthrax and all that. So all this was happening during that time. There were a lot of people who were speculating that it was uh, it was Al Qaeda or something like that. Yeah, I mean and. All the reports would come in. People were, you know, calling in different stuff. I mean, from all over the place. And one of these tips actually had these folks looking for a big white box truck because yeah. they everybody somebody was looking, seen one leaving the scene. Yeah, everybody was looking for for white vans and white box trucks. Yeah, and these guys were running around in a beat up old Chevy Capri. Yep, and <laughs> they they actually had got a call about that. Like there were so many calls coming in, and they had got a call about a Chevy Capri. And, yep, uh, <laughs> and he even walked up on him while he was sleeping in, in under uh, an overpass somewhere, and but and the the tags came up from one place and the license was run to another and they they let him go, because yeah, none of the none of the reports had actually mentioned that you know that was the particular thing and it, it didn't quite match up so they just they let him go. Yeah, um, there there's there's signs there's hints that uh, Malvo started trying to kind of. Uh, throw a monkey wrench in the works. He was leaving things here and there. He was doing like he he was doing little things. That, that, there's arguments, but that he was trying to get caught. That he was trying to be stopped because he couldn't tell. You know, if he'd have told John Muhammad he didn't want to do it no more. You know, we all we kind of know what would have happened to him. Um, so he was. You know, there's there's a lot of arguments that he was trying to stop it. That he was leaving little clues here and there. You know. I don't know. I feel like if he really was trying to stop it and he was leaving little clues here and there, he also had access to guns and they slept in the same car. 
I'm just saying. He could have got out of it. But I don't know. I'm I'm not Lee Boy. Yeah, it got to a point. It got to a point where they actually started leaving clues behind to the police. Yeah, the tarot cards and well, demands. Well, Muhammad wanted the notoriety. Like he he wanted he wanted the attention. Uh, he, they started making threats on on children, kind of like the Zodiac killer with bus stops and shit. Um, yeah, saying that your your children are not safe today or anywhere, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so during that, after that specific threat against children, like a lot of school group, a lot of schools like canceled all their field trips and their like outdoor like uh, baseball games and shit. Um, yeah, some uh, some places like in Virginia, they just closed school. Uh, or um, also the movie, there was a movie, a uh, phone booth. There's there's a sniper involved in it, and that's actually a pretty decent movie. But it, because of everything that was going on, they actually delayed the uh, release of it because it was, you know, it was too fresh, I guess. Those, they, they delayed it almost like six months. <laughs> um, yeah, they, everything, everybody went crazy. Um, and they went, I mean, they killed at the end of it, I believe it was 17 total. Yeah. And they entered 10. Yeah. That was a... a sp- a spree, uh, October 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th that, you know, they killed a handful of people while they were shooting, you know, while they were filling up the gas, which made that whole panic at the gas station. Mm-hmm. That's what led to the covering of the, the fuel pumps and all this other stuff that was going on. And then they shot somebody outside of a uh, Home Depot, and they got a tip at this point. Now, what they thought was a very good lead, um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, they found out that the witness was actually inside at the time and was telling a story. Oh, yeah, at the Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, don't give false information, folks, you know, or the same thing might here happen to you. Yeah, they, he, they this guy was uh, uh, they, convicted, convicted of interfering yeah. with an investigation. <laughs> yeah. They, they took a break this, at this point, too. They, they, they kind of chilled out for like five days. And then, yep, they yep, did. On uh, October 19th at 8, uh, they shot Jeffrey Hopper at a parking lot near a steakhouse. Poor guy, just trying to get a decent steak. I bet his steak was probably overcooked, too. That'd, that'd be my luck. You know, I go into a place and over, order an overpriced steak, and I want it medium rare, and it comes out, like, medium well. Yeah, that's, that's what would happen. And then I'd go out and fucking get shot. Um. On this, that, one, this is the one where they actually found the letter that was yeah, actually four page letter. ransom and all that crap that was in the woods in the direction where they fired this shot. This yep. is at the point where they actually started getting out of the car and, you know, setting up yeah, a position for the spotter and then the sniper and stuff. So they yeah, changed their MO a little bit. Yeah. They're, they're starting to get a little bit ballsy with it because um, they've gotten away with so many up to this point, right? Yeah, they they had, and then yeah, the, all these bad tips led led to uh, a couple of men getting arrested with a white <laughs> yeah, hand. They got they got the they got the dirty finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. This only hurt for a little while. I promise, I'll only put two fingers in. Yeah, they administered cavity searches to both of them, and were remanded into federal custody. Yeah, and, unfortunately <laughs> and then they, they got were, deported. Illegal hunters, they got deported. Yeah, so yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> these guys didn't have jack shit to do with it, and then now they they get deported out of making their living. Yeah. <laughs> what if um, what if it was actually them? <laughs> <laughs> and after they deported them, they realized, oh fuck. 
Well, we got to do something. <laughs> Somebody's got to take the hit. And then right after that, um, on the 23rd, you know, they found the ballistics information that actually linked the Tacoma, Washington shooting with the Beltway, these guys here. So they started having a link. They found a tree stump that they were using for target practice. So they now had, you know, uh, projectiles that they could link to the same projectiles that they were recovering from these shootings. So they knew it was the same person, which started to give them an idea of who it may be, especially when one of his friends called in to the FBI and said, yeah, I think I know who this is. And so now they had a name, you know, the names of the people. And then they started getting the information that it might actually be this blue Capri instead of the white van. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they've got two 911 calls from people at the rest stop. Um, so they, they pulled up at the rest stop, uh, at 3.15 AM on, uh, October 24th. And, uh, they were found sleeping in their car off, uh, Interstate 70 near, uh, Myersville, Maryland. And they picked them up on federal weapons charges. Um. Yeah, the police, Montgomery County Police Chief Chief Moose, you know, said, you have indicated that you want us to do and say certain things. You have asked us to say, we have caught the sniper like a duck in a noose. We understand that hearing us say this is important to you. He asked the media to carry the message accurately and often. And I don't, I don't know what the deal is with this. It had something to do with, like, Cherokee fables or, like, myth, myths or something. But, I mean, like, Malvo said, a, not Malvo, uh, Muhammad said a bunch of weird shit in his letters. You know, call me God. Code. Call me God. And it's like, why would you say something in code and then say code? It, it, he, he did a lot of weird shit. Uh, Mr. Policeman. Yeah, that was so that the police could talk to him through the media and say what they needed to say to him to make arrangements or whatever. As a, and the code word was, you know, you know, this guy wants us to call me God. Um, and then they were supposed to say something after that, and you know, that being their their way to communicate without the media actually picking up on it and stuff like that. And that, that was where I picked that up at. Yeah, it, it was just fucking, it, it seemed like a whole bunch of extra steps for nothing. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they got him. They started processing the vehicle and it didn't take long for them. You know, they, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a truck driver, um, that was like just trying to leave and his tractor trailer got commandeered by troopers who took, used the truck to block off the exit. <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah. they blocked him off. They came in there, they took him. Uh, they found his stolen Bushmaster uh, two twenty three caliber gun and a bipod. Um, the ballistics linked the rifle to 11 of the 14 shootings, including the one in which no one was hurt. The, the, I, the, the fucking, what was it, Michaels or whatever? Yeah. yeah. They were um, able to get a good projectile to match, to match up on that. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, just a side note, that two two three caliber web Bushmaster rifle is a hunting rifle, bolt action. Yeah, it has a little yeah, uh, yeah. all-round magazine in it. Uh, uses the exact same round that the big bad AR-15 uses that everybody's trying to ban now. Yeah. So um, basically, long story short, with the trial, uh, Muhammad got executed. 
they set an execution date, and he died by lethal injection on November 10th, 2009. Um, when asked Malvo if he had any last words, he made no reply. Malvo was sentenced to, like, 25 life sentences or some shit like that. Um, In two different states, concurrent. Yeah. Now, so Virginia he would have to passed serve a law. all of them in one and then serve the others. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Virginia passed a law, though, that because of his age, he's actually eligible for parole after 20 years. So this year he becomes eligible for parole. But that's just Virginia. So even if he gets paroled in Virginia, he's still got to deal with the Maryland charges and whatnot. And you know? Maryland is saying that they have to retry him or resentence him because of the Supreme Court holding up something along for the, what is it, the Eighth, the eighth Amendment, I think it is. Yeah, the one that about you know due process and you know uh, unharsh you know harsh penalties and stuff. Uh, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but somehow they said that um, you can't give a, a youth, someone under eighteen, life sentences without parole, unless there is you know absolute malice or some some weird term. I right, can't remember. and we talked about this in the uh, Brenda Spencer case. Yeah, so, like does does someone who's that young really? I mean, can you know? Like I said, under so at at some point he had guns, he could have ended it at any time. On the other hand, you know, he was he's he was still a child, and he, like I said, he could have stopped at any time, but he was also being kind of controlled by uh, Muhammad. Um, I think it's a little bit of both on it because I do think that he he maybe he deserves a little bit of like uh, leniency on that. But there are a lot of people that lost their lives at his hand. You know? Yeah, very much so. And it was all cold blooded and you know and thought about and executed in a precise way. This this wasn't just hey kid, come over here and you know, I, yeah, yeah, this is Lee gonna Malvo, be fun. I mean, and, yeah, Lee Malva was made into a weapon by John Muhammad. Um Yeah. Now and like I said, now John while he while Malvo was the one actually pulling the trigger and sighting the gun. It, it was it was all Muhammad, you know, that was doing it. Yep. But like I said, he he, I don't know if he should do the rest of his life locked up. I don't know. I uh, he he could also you know he he's he does display some like psychopathic tendencies. Um, but I we, well, you know, how would you? In not? his own words, he now sees him. He now looks back and sees himself as a monster. From his own words, from the last interview that I saw while he was, you know, in in jail, he 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 shows remorse and he knows that his actions were monstrous and he sees himself as a monster at this time. So I'm not sure if he's quite ready to come out. But, yeah, yeah it, deserving of some type of um, you know uh, help in the the mental area, give him some some counseling and some therapy sessions, maybe some medications. We might be able to get this kid some sort of life in his adulthood. But I would probably say that if if, if anything comes out of it, it would be monitored life outside. Like yeah, you know, he's he's got to yeah, you know, he'd be having to wear the, the bracelet and all that good stuff. I mean I I yeah. don't know if you would ever trust somebody that's done this to walk around free in the world. Yeah, it'd be kind of a, uh, that'd be a hard call. 
Um, yeah, this wasn't just one murder or something like that, or you know, let's just go in and you know shoot up a place. This was you know weeks long. I mean, weeks long I- issues all across the country. Multiple incidents. He had plenty of time to think about it, and you know come to conclusion that it's the wrong idea and to, to get away. He wasn't held against his will. So you got to take all of that stuff into account. I just don't know what to think about it myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I had to step away there for a second, but yeah, um, it's, it's a rough one, man. Like, I don't know where exactly I fall on it. I don't think that he should get out right away, but maybe should he get out? Later in life, you know, but maybe have a chance. Yeah, I, I think I think it's possible he should have a chance. But that that brings us to the end of the Beltway sniper case. We weren't going to do as much as we did about it, but there's just too much to <laughs> to do it half-assed, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, this turned out to be a lot more interesting than what I had remembered from just the news sources and you know living through it. I mean, I, I wasn't there, but you know, yeah, the you know, angle, I was the angle with it, it being all about his wife. Basically, I had no idea how much he fucking hated her. Um, yeah, I mean, I figured it was just two guys got pissed off and started running around <laughs> shooting people for the hell of it, and this turns out that it was much deeper than that, and turned out to be a lot more interesting of a story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of, well, speaking of interesting stories, let's move on to the, uh, who I'd like to nominate for the award of loser of the century. Um, <laughs> uh, dry Dick Ho, I mean Cho, also known as Swung, Swung Hui. I heard yeah, it pronounced in uh, different ways, but Song Hee, Song Hee, I think, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't Hee even Cho. get me started the line. It's, yeah. it's a Korean name. We're dumb Americans. We can't pronounce that shit. Yeah. Old, old, never fucked Cho. Um, so he was born in 84. So he was actually two years older than me. Um, he's, and he was always a fucking weird kid. This is one of those times where they're like, from the time of childhood on, everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, something's wrong with this kid." Like, and then when he did, when he did what he, when he shot up the Virginia Tech, everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, that adds up." <laughs> like, <laughs> this dude. Yeah, it was, it's, he's a weird. He's one. He's one that. Yeah, if you saw him in your class, you'd be like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be voted most likely to kill somebody." Yeah, or himself. Uh, he was. Yeah, he he just sucked. Um, he, I mean, the he, kid run around in school, in college, you know, not just, you know, in high school and college with a supermodel girlfriend that lived in space named Jelly. Imaginary yeah. girlfriend. And you know, he was open about it, <laughs> at least one, once he got yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, he would go to, um, he, he would go to like one of his friends or whatever, people that were trying to be his friend, they took him to like this house party or something. And he just sits on the floor, pulls out a knife and starts stabbing the carpet. Yeah, we'll see something cool. <laughs> well, he didn't even say anything. That was his only communication. Now, he was diagnosed as a child, I think, with uh, selective mutism and like a severe anxiety disorder. Like when he was, no, a he kid, wasn't. The, he, that's the problem. He was not diagnosed as a child. He wasn't diagnosed with selective mutism until he was almost a teenager. Yeah, in middle school, you're yeah. still a child. Okay, not early childhood, but you know, he was still a kid. 
Um, but yeah, he was diagnosed with, uh, his parents tried to pray all his problems away. That's a big part of the problem right there. Look, listeners, if you have kids and they're exhibiting mental problems, Jesus is not the goddamn answer, all right? <laughs> Get help. Because they tried to solve so many of his problems through getting him involved. Oh, he's having problems associated with people. Let's take him to church. Then they, they'd get him involved in like all these church activities. So they like, no. no. They should have done one thing, and that's make sure he stayed medicated. Make sure he kept up with treatment. And like back him up with treatment better than what they fucking did. Most of their idea of treatment was praying it. Praying it off. And that doesn't fucking work. Like, never. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, they were, they were super religious. They did seem to kind of try a little bit. But, you know, most of it, it was, it was through the support of his school. Uh, he didn't really get any support on his mental health from his parents except for, like, religious shit. And and for the so, most part, they just thought he was an introvert, just, you know, a very shy kid that didn't like to talk. Well, when people would come to the house, when people would come to the house, he would freeze like a deer in headlights. You know, he would just, just freeze up. Um, there, there's something wrong. That's not being an introvert. There's, that's something that this person has a negative reaction to people. You know, it's like that seahorse in Finding Nemo that's H2O intolerant. Yeah, but the, I mean, the, 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 um, the counselor that realized this while he was in high school went and talked to his parents and he was like, does he actually talk? And he was, they were like, yeah, he talks to his sister all the time. And that was really the only person he would actually open up and have conversations with was his sister. Um, yeah. But everybody else, it was always in a whisper, you know, the bare minimum of words needed to answer a question. Um, the only time he actually found communication, something he could actually do, was when they put him into an art class and you know let him use art as expression. Yeah, and then he would start actually making eye contact. <laughs> you know, that was, that was pretty yeah. much it. Um, but he, yeah, he, he was just a weird kid from the get-go. And yeah, he, he got into a, a poem, an English class, and was starting to write some pretty deep and dark poems and stuff, and was asked to change it or, you know, to drop out of the class, and he didn't like that. Um, he entered in, uh, he sent some of his works, took it to an, the, the art instructor of the college, and she told him, look, you know, you, you've got something here, but yeah, I would recommend instead of you trying to, you know, jump right into having a career with this, that you do the correct thing and, you know, take some classes, learn a little bit more nuance about the English language, all this other good stuff. And, you know, he actually tried that. He dropped his engineering classes and went to into, you know, um, English lit. And, well, he, it didn't work out too well. He was. Yeah, he wanted to be he, a writer. He, yeah, his grades were bad. He really couldn't get a, a hang on it, and none of his his stuff was getting the teacher's attentions. Um, he he got into uh, which class was that? That for the uh, the the oh uh, he went for uh, into the arts and uh, got with some the, the 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 theatrical group. I can't remember what the heck that's called in in school anymore. It's been too long, but they were they were writing plays and you know other stuff like that. And his plays that he come up with were freaking dark and evil, man. Like so yeah, and, all, and they also they also and, they also weren't very good. No, they sucked. And but, um, yeah, 
But yeah, the, there's the the antihero or was always either you know oppressed and having something taken away from him, or he was oppressed and somebody tried to stop him from getting something. Um, to the point where one of them was you know, the the teacher came in to 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 take his winnings from a a, a, a slot you know, at the casino for a class trip. This was the play. They went to a class trip to a a, a casino. The students won, and then the teacher comes over there and says, "No, these freaking kids! They pushed me away when I won, and all that good stuff." So they got in a fight, and then ended with the teacher killing the kid. Um, that was the play, not not actual events. Um, so I mean, yeah, that was the I, kind of mindset was, this guy had. Yeah, and he was already like, and 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 when it wasn't he when he wasn't writing violent and obscene poetry, he was like taking like upskirt photographs of girls under their desk with a cell phone and shit. Um, he anytime he tried to like come on to a girl, he did like weird shit. Uh, he walked into this one girl's like uh, dorm room or whatnot, just kind of out of nowhere, and like said, "Hi, I'm question mark." And it was like, you know, so she ended up calling the cops. And then another girl he went to go see, uh, he, he he tried to, like, he was talking to her online or something like that. And, like, the police came to investigate his sit online. And, uh, like, he had been talking about suicide and killing people. And, I mean, he had a really, he, he, he sucked a couple, like, hey, baby, my name's Question Mark. You uh, you want to go back to my place? I don't know. Talk about suicide, like <laughs> you know he. Yeah, this this the, the developing new personalities to you know, fragment himself into his you know different ideals is yeah. definitely a sign of some mental instability there. Um, when you have to rename yourself so that you can act a certain way, um, and this is you know something that I had to deal with myself, um, back when I got out of jail. Yeah, for being a stupid kid myself. So I, I understand this, and I know this to I be. I understand being that, awkward. I mean, I am. I'm. I'm still kind of socially awkward. Now I understand the point of introducing yourself as a completely different person because you're not in the frame to be the person you should be. Right. I understand that as well. I understand that as well. But um, he, he would do weird shit. Uh, he'd go over to the. He went to this one girl's, like room. Went to her door and wrote a line from Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was campus police kind of warned him, warned him away from doing any contact pretty much with, uh, with this girl. He sent an email message to her later on saying, well, I might as well kill myself now. And, uh, they, they ended up getting in touch with his, with, uh, Cho's father, uh, Cho's father and, and, uh, this guy was named Coach and, uh, Cock, Coke, I don't know. But they both con they both contacted the authorities, um, and they came to the dorm and took him to uh, New River Valley Community Services Board, um, basically like a, a mental health place in uh, in, in Blacksburg. Chair yeah. Carleon St. Albans. Yeah, something like uh, that. But they found him. He is mentally ill. Uh, that does not present an imminent danger to himself or others. Boy, is were they wrong. Not substantially unable to care for himself as a result of <coughs> mental illness, and he does not require involuntary hospitalization. Well, he denied uh, Cho's suicidal ideation. He doesn't acknowledge any symptoms of like a thought disorder. 
the physician noted his insight and judgment are normal. And it's like, boy, was this boy would boy this guy missed the mark. Um, Didn't he though? I mean, it's <laughs> almost. You know, did you even bother to go into the room with this kid? Yeah, um, yeah. Let's just say, folks, if anybody ever walks up to you and you know their name to be John and they introduce themselves as Jack, you might want to take notice. Yeah, well, I mean, some people change their names, um, you know, kind of like as taking on a new identity, and it, it happens. It happens a lot. In his case, it was a, it is different than that. You know, it wasn't like a, somebody who's getting dead named or whatever. You know, well, he's saying that you know that person is automatically a danger. I'm just saying, pay attention because yeah, you might it, just be dealing his, with a his psychopath. was a little bit different with his flat affect, and he was always wearing hats and sunglasses to try and like hide and blend in, but since he was the only guy in class with hat and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, this is his way of saying there's something about me that I'm not letting you know, and you can't find it. Um, yeah. That is, yeah. A, that, that is you know, your, your basic, you know, person's way of, you know, hiding their true intent from everybody else. When I mean, yeah, I get some folks are, you know, just weird and they dress strange. But when, you know, everybody else is, you know, you're running around in normal clothing and you see this guy coming up and he's got a hoodie and a ball cap and dark glasses and he keeps looking at the floor and don't make eye contact and he's all, you know, closed up, his arms are close together. That's that's the guy you want to be looking out for. Yeah, um, in 2006, his mother was becoming increasingly concerned about his classwork and his asocial behavior. And so she sought help for him from various churches in Northern Virginia. Uh, according to Dong Lee, he, a uh, minister of uh, a Presbyterian church in Washington, Woodbridge, um, his mother had come to him to that church to seek help for Cho. Uh, she added, oh, I mean, the minister, Lee, added that his problem needed to be solved by spiritual power. Because we were helping several people like him. They were helping nobody like him. They, they can't help people like him. Uh, members of Lee's church even told Cho's mother they had demonic power and needed deliverance. But because, before the church could meet with the family, however, Cho returned to school to start his senior year at Virginia Tech. And me personally, I think that they, he should have, you know, the church should have got on that a little bit quicker because we all know that the solution would have been laying hands on him and praying and that he'd have been fine. None of these people in Virginia Tech would have died. You know? <laughs> yeah, they would have cast out that demon. And, you know, demons demons are like, you know, in my understanding of, like, demonology and possessions, they usually, like, say things and talk. But he had, he had like, a demon that didn't. He, you know, his, his demon was, was just a deaf mute, like Helen Keller. Um, yeah, when he finally did open up and, you know, onto these videos that he wound up, mailing to the news service you know yeah a of. multimedia manifesto jesus christ yeah he finally <laughs> opened his mouth after you know so many years of being quiet and the only thing that come out was a bunch of dribble this guy was a freaking idiot i mean nothing he said made any kind of fucking sense in any regards to anything of his life do you know what it feels like to be burned do you know what it feels like to have everything taken what yeah. the hell was taken from this kid? What the who the hell set him on fire? This kid doesn't know jack shit about that, but he's you know spitting it out like it's part of his life. Oh, the happiness no. I could have had mingling among you hedonists, being counted of one of as one of you, only if you didn't fuck the living shit out of me. 
You could have been great. I could have been great. Ask yourself what you did to me to have me, to have made me clean the slate. Only if you could be the victim of your reprehensible and wicked crimes, you Christian Nazis, you would have brute restrained your animal urges to fuck me. You could be home right now eating your fucking caviar and your fucking cognac. Because when I eat cognac, I prefer to have caviar, you know. Um, Had you not previously raped my soul, uh, all the shit you've given me right back at you with hollow points. Uh, don't you wish you'd finished me off when you had the chance? Don't you wish you'd killed me? You had a billion chances and ways to have avoided today, but you decided to spill my blood, which that, that's not true. You forced me into a co- corner and gave me only one option. The decision was yours. Now you have blood on your hands that will never wash off, you apostles of sin. So on one hand, he's, he's complaining that he wasn't counted as one of these hedonists. And then he calls them apostles of sin. Like, <laughs> and nobody yeah, I mean, tried to kill him. I don't understand. There's, I, I, I even looked like, hold on, maybe there's something I missed. I went and looked back over his whole thing. And no, there was not one time when somebody was trying to kill him. Nor somebody had the chance to finish him off. No, I, in fact, that everybody that you know, was in any of these interviews was always like they were trying to befriend him in, in every way possible, you know, to include him in the, the going-ons around campus. And he was just, you know, I, I guess being so many years of being, you know, unable to communicate led to this particular you know, situation to where he didn't know how to communicate when the time came where people were actually trying to include him instead of shunning him off. Like you're, you're the weird kid. We're just not going to talk to you. He got into a spot where people were actually trying to, and you don't know how to act like that. I guess when you, the rest of your life has been you know, completely shut off. Yeah. And the doctor completely missing the, the mark about his problem is you know, the only who uh, might even come close to having, you know, anything to, about his diatribe about, you know, somebody, you know, shutting him off and leaving him out. And, you know, that doctor did, you know, said, yeah, there ain't no problem. Screw you. Get back out there. But other than that, what the hell was his problem? Yeah, I mean, he, he was just a loser. Um, and pretty damn much. I mean, yeah, he had an issue that wasn't seen, and he had to grow up with it, which caused some problems. But, okay, you're not the best at communicating. Where do we go from that to, I want to kill everybody? Well, That's a hell of a leap. Yeah, and when you, I, I, I sat here and read his whole fucking, all the texts of the manifest, manifesto this morning, and it... It's just like this weird diatribe where he, he like compares himself to Jesus and Moses. Um, you know, I die like Jesus Christ, but then he refers to Christians as Nazis. And it's, <laughs> he doesn't really have, I think what we come down to is he didn't have uh-huh. a reason. He just wanted to do it. You know, like, it, it seems like he was just, he felt like this is the only way I'll ever be anything. I'll ever be anybody. The only way anybody will ever know me. And there's things he says further on in his, uh, yeah, like he he was kind of hoping that it would give him a following of sorts. Um, To you sadistic snobs, I may be nothing but a piece of dog shit. You have vandalized my heart, raped my soul, and torched my conscience again and again. 
You thought it was one pathetic void life that you were extinguishing. Thanks to you, I'd die, like Jesus Christ, to inspire generations of weak and defenseless people, my brothers, sisters, and children, that you fuck. Like Moses, I spread the sea and lead my people, the weak, defenseless, and innocent children of all ages that you fucked and will always try to fuck to eternal freedom. Thanks to you sinners, you spillers of blood, I set the example of the century for my children to follow. That, that, to me, that, that, that little quote right there is probably the closest we come to like an actual motive. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. <laughs> um, so in February 9th, on February 9th of 2007, he bought his first handgun. Um, you know, he bought it legally. Uh, He's able to pass all the background checks, even though he has like history of you know and mental illness and what have you. He was able to complete both handgun, all all his handgun things. Um, he also he bought a bunch of hollow point bullets, uh, which resulted in more tissue damage than the full metal jacket bullets. Um, then he sent off his uh, his manifesto uh, to NBC with the yeah and like. He had a photograph of the bullets that he used with the caption, all the shit you've given me, right back at you with hollow points. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a note in his room which he criticized rich kids and their debauchery and deceitful charlatans. Uh, he continued by saying, you caused me to do this. Um, like, early, yeah. On, yeah, early on, the news was like, oh, this is all because of this one girl and that she rejected him. But there was, there was really no evidence. No, this, that this, this definitely goes on for this was years in the making. Yeah, you know, this this kid was pretty much born to do this, and 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 literally nothing else. Um, so at seven fifteen on April sixteenth, oh seven, he killed the girl Emily, the first um, and the one that. Well, he did a, uh, uh, a a trial run a few days before. Well, where he, he called had, in some bomb threats to some of the halls and went around and he chained the doors and just yeah, you know, and watched he, the reaction. He had postponed the attack several times. Um, he tra- he went to the gun range like around about three times before the shooting. I mean, he was he was amping up for it. Um, but yeah, he he got there. He killed Emily uh, Hilsher and Ryan uh, Ryan Clark on the fourth floor of the dormitory. Um, and then he goes, he goes back to his room to rearm himself, uh, changes clothes and whatnot, mails that package to NBC News, and then goes back over across the campus to Norris Hall. And within nine minutes, he shot dozens of people, uh, killing 30 of them. He chained the doors shut and taped yeah. bomb threats to the, the doors. If the door opens, the bomb will explode. Yeah, yeah, to you know, buy himself some time. And then he walked through the halls, peeking into the classrooms. Before he shot anybody, he was just walking the halls, looking into the different classrooms as if he was just a lost student trying to find his class, which was weird at that point because, you know, we're late in the semester. You should already know where your class is. Yeah, but yeah. He was, just, he was looking to see which classrooms had the most people and which ones would be easier to get an angle on. And then, you know, he got down to uh, was a room 211, I think. And he started shooting people. And, yeah, pretty much all he did was just walk room to room and just shoot random people. Yeah, he committed suicide in room 211. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, he went back. He went back and forth. I mean, he went into the same room several times. You know, there was one room where the people had blocked it off. He shot through the door while the the one guy was holding the door shut with a, a, a desk and himself. Yeah. Um, Joe shot through the door a couple of times, actually shot this guy three times when a fourth was in his hand. Um, but the other kids were able to jump out of the second floor window while this was happening. So that guy saved a bunch of people's lives potentially. Um, you know, were they, all they had was some leg injuries from dropping down two floors. Um, yeah. And you know, the police made their entrance to the building and started coming around. And as soon as they knocked on the freaking door of the second floor, he shot himself. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, once they breached the building and, and the gunshot, like to the wound, the gunshot and the wound to his head, like destroyed his face so much. That it was several hours before they were able to like identify him. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, this kid built up all of this shit to lock the doors and just go randomly shooting into the classes. Um, 28 of the victims were shot in the head. So 28 headshots. Um, 33 yeah, deaths, including him. 23 injured. 17 by gunfire. What were the other ones? If 17 were gunfire, how did he w- injure the rest? That was uh, the the kids jumping out of the floor, twisting ankles, breaking legs. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah, like I guess that. I guess you can attribute those to him as well. Well, you know, but, uh, hey, why was he jumping out? You know, so yeah, I guess you could you you, you could say he was responsible for those as well. Yeah, I mean, if you got a choice of jumping out of a second floor window or opening the door into a a, a handgun, <clears throat> I'm choosing the window. Yeah, I mean, your chances. Well, I don't know. It depends on how good this guy. But after seeing him take, you know, fucking all these uh, you're breaking headshots, up there. headshot, all these headshot, headshot, headshot. I'd think I'd take the window too. Now, this guy's just kind of firing randomly. If he's got like a machine gun, and um, you know, chances are I'll just get winged. You know. <laughs> I yeah. might not jump out a window. Yeah, this but, guy actually practiced. I mean, you know, like yeah. I said, there, there was nothing uh, very special about the shooting itself. It was, I mean, it was horrible, and a lot of people got, you know, unfortunately lost their lives. But, you know, the shooting itself was nowhere near as interesting as the story of the kid that did it. And yeah. the story of the kid that did it wound up pointing to just a lowly, what most people would call a, a loser. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing special about this guy whatsoever. He just was weird. Yeah, he was—he was just born fucked up. Um, like I said, can you blame all that on him? I don't know, but you know, he's—he—he—he uh, he, he killed fucking thirty people. Fuck him. You know, yeah, I, this was one <laughs> of the most deadly shootings that we have had. It you is know, the it, for a long time. It was the deadliest uh, that we had had. And now with a handgun and yeah, and it is still the deadliest school shooting, I believe, unless that's been changed in the past few days, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, he, let's see, I had, I had the numbers that he, and how many rounds he had fired, but I've I've lost them. I don't know where they were. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he did all, he was pretty effective and it was like the only thing he was ever good at. You know, it was the fucked up thing. The only thing he really succeeded at was this. And, I mean, like... Now, an interesting thing, because, you know, this is all going to be leading up. All these stories are leading up to a larger conversation. And one point that needs to be made in this is that uh, 
current events right now are talking about limiting, you know, magazine capacities and stuff like that so that, you know, shootings like this can't happen. Well, well that would be irrelevant in this it. case. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of the point I want to make here is that uh, they want to limit it to a 10-round magazine capacity for handguns. Well, this kid used five 10-round magazines. So, um, so that kind of thing wouldn't even touch a shooting of this magnitude because he used 10-round magazines. It's too easy to change a magazine. So limiting what you can carry in a magazine isn't going to change anything because you know, it takes two seconds to change a magazine. Yeah. Um, it, and, like, his case, uh, the, he, if anything, with the, like, gun violence laws and all that shit, his case is a prime example of why I think mental health, you know, should be considered a major factor and whether or not you're allowed to possess firearms. Um, Absolutely. I've, I fully agree in that. Even being on the advocate side that I am, I fully agree that background checks and mental health checks should be part of going ownership and should be a constant thing, like a yearly thing to recertify to carry. I agree with that, uh, even though I fully agree that, you know, that whole right should not be infringed, but this doesn't infringe. It just, just makes sure that you're, capable of doing so well doesn't doesn't get if i get shot sitting at a cafeteria or something it's not my right being infringed to own a gun because i can no longer own a gun once i have been shot and killed well it's it's worse than that you're 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 right to life liberty and to happiness your basic (laughs) rights have just been violated and exactly so that's where i stand at is you have the right to do whatever the hell you want to in this country until your until your exercise of your rights interfere with the rights of another yeah, yeah, and uh, but we'll we'll get all of this into our main episode, folks. We're at an hour and eight minutes of just chat time, so woohoo! Yeah, we definitely actually... tune in later. Uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss the main episode that this is leading up to, and you uh, you know check out the the Patreon, and you know pretty soon uh, the past history of Spotify and all that good stuff. Everywhere you find your favorite podcast, we'll actually have all of these little mini episodes leading up to it. You're going to want to check them all out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These will actually, I'll make sure these, these will all be released uh, before we ever get to that episode. I really don't know how many of these we're going to go through because we still got to get through uh, a lot. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot to cover in yeah, this Yeah, and we have skipped a lives. lot. You know, like we have skipped a lot of them, but we're just trying to hit on the main ones that have made like a huge cultural impact. And the ones that stand out as specific styles of rampage killings, um, you know, as kind of like uh, molds for ones that followed. And this is definitely one of those. Um, it, he uh, he was obsessed with uh, uh, Columbine. Like when Columbine happened, he got super obsessed with it. He even had wrote something in an English paper about wanting to uh, recreate Columbine, wanting to do it again. Um, well, he he excelled at that. He actually surpassed them by far. With one oh, yeah. just, just by himself. Um, yeah, yeah. He, if, uh, uh, he, he, it was Eric. Uh, the, the, that, yeah, it was his name, wasn't it? Uh, which one? There was Eric uh, not, and Dylan. Not, yeah, yeah, Eric. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the, the, the mastermind, basically. Yeah, that the, was Eric. Yeah, that's the one that, you know, Cho actually, you know, was fond of the most, which was probably your biggest clue that yeah hey we need to pay attention to this kid 
Yeah. You know, he uh, he would have been, he, he, he would have fit right in with them. I mean, had he been in Columbine High School at the time, he would have been the third shooter. Probably so. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But yeah, the biggest takeaway from this is definitely the mental health issue. We definitely need to pay more attention to that. Because if this kid would have been picked yeah. up you know, way earlier in his life and diagnosed with his selective mutism, you know, we could have probably done something while yeah. he was still a child in development and you know, found you know, the key to unlock himself. Um, but even afterwards, when we realized that it's too late for that and we were finding other ways to for him to express himself, what we found that he was expressing was deeply concerning and, you know, should have yeah. had much more attention paid to it. Yeah, if you're having mental health problems, don't wait for him to get better. They don't. And don't don't expect just prayer to take away. Like if you have faith and you believe in God and you want to pray about it, that's fine. But just know that that you need a, you need something else. Because that alone ain't, ain't, ain't that that ain't going to do shit, but make you feel better. You know, it ain't going to fix the mental health problem. It ain't going to cause a root. And and all you know, um, just thinking, oh well, he's depressed. He'll get over it. Don't you see somebody in your family or a loved one that is starting to really concern you? Do something about it. Don't just go talk to a minister. Go do something about it. There are things like, sure, we don't have all the mental health uh, access in this country that we should, but there is mental health access, and it is getting better. Uh, and due partially to things like this happening, people are starting to wake up to, oh, fuck. You know, we got we to gotta start taking care of people's fucking mental health a little bit. Yeah, this is the first one that we actually touched on that really focuses on that mental health being the main issue. Now, the Columbine kids, yeah, they, they did have you know, some flags that should have been paid attention to a little bit more, but they hit it so well that it was really difficult to find out until afterwards. Um, but yeah, this one really does point to you know, the mental health issue. You know, now, it, everything that we've gone over so far shows that it's a multifaceted problem. And like I said, we're definitely going to get back into that during the main episode much more in depth. But you know, we've, we're showing here that the, the whole issue is a multifaceted problem. And one particular piece of legislation or one solution is definitely not going to solve this issue anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, well, with that positive note, we're, like I said, he already like so you can find us on Spotify, Patreon, uh, Acast. Uh, we're on about to be on YouTube. We already got one or one up on YouTube, but we're getting more on YouTube. Um, yeah, these are going to be coming up on YouTube for if you folks really like to uh, have a little videos finding you down the rabbit hole. You know, pop onto this and see where the rabbit hole takes you. You never know. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're on Audible, Amazon Music. Um, you can reach out to us at stonerspointpod at gmail.com. Um, as it is, like we, you know, we're, not very, we're not getting a lot of mail. So right now is the time. If you want to talk to us, this will be the time to do it. Um, maybe if we, get, if we get super famous, well, we, we'll, we'll change on how we talk to people. Uh, but for right now, yeah, you can hit us up at stonerspointpod. Give us any pointers. Um, thank you guys for uh, sticking through us with all our audio issues we've had. Um, we uh, feel like we've found the solution, and they are getting better. Um, every episode we've been released during this little uh, mini-sode series has been getting better and better each one. So we finally get—we feel like we're finally getting this shit figured out, guys. So thanks for hanging in there, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, appreciate you guys. You know, always, and we know that you got plenty of places to uh, spend your entertainment time, and you chose this particular time with us. So thank you very much. We appreciate you much. 
And our uh, our intro music is by Wickless Guy. Check him out. He's on YouTube and Spotify and all those things as well. And uh, I guess with that, fuck around and find out. Absolutely, folks. Bye-bye. I didn't have to do this. I could have left. I could have fled. But no, I will no longer run. If not for me, for my children, for my brothers and sisters, the chief...